Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing. This is we're recording during the day. It's kind of a different feel. I don't feel like I'm uh rushing <laughs> after trying to get the kids to bed or, or trying to get done before it gets too late. This is a whole, yeah. whole new window into our podcast lives. I think this is probably the earliest we've ever done this. Yeah. So we'll see. As we speak, the women's basketball team is playing um at, at uh at home yeah. against Buffalo. So the combo. Yeah. By the time many of you hear this, there will be our, our brief discussion of the women's team. Um, we're going to kind of try to stay really brief because whatever we say today may be oh, irrelevant really? by the time you hear this. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So we're glad to be with you. It, it is the Monday after Thanksgiving weekend. We have a, we were going to do a quick thing on women's basketball, um, a little bit more on men's basketball, kind of talk on some general like football slash COVID slash JMU things and have a short overtime tonight. So this one will be short and sweet as you really dig into your mid holiday. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just weird time this year. Yes. So yeah, we'll start with the women, Rob. I was just going to say, we saw uh, the women last Wednesday opened up with a pretty decisive, uh, I think as expected, 69, 55 win over Mount St. Mary's at home. It was great to see the floor. It was great to see the team. It was great to see Coach O and the squad. Um, I, you know, I don't think there's much to say about this game. They were really dominant defensively against a team that's not as athletic as they are. Yeah. Um, right. I, that, they, the other Mount St. Mary's had zero fast break points. That sort of tells you everything you need to know about, you know, that, that A, Jamie was playing with the effort we've come to expect from this team and B, that they just were kind of overwhelmingly better athletically than Mount St. Mary's. The one, I guess there's two, you know, kind of standout performances worth mentioning. Uh, the women are playing Buffalo tonight. They play at UVA on Thursday. So I have a feeling a lot of us, and they play Mason this Sunday, uh, that game will be on flow. I, for a lot of people, those will be the first time they tune in and watch this team. As expected, Kiki Jefferson, solid, dealt with foul trouble in this game. The two standouts were Rain Tucker, who had 16 and 18, had 18 boards uh, and three blocks. Uh, not to take that anything away from her, but you do wonder. It'll be interesting to see her try to keep up, you know, that kind of output against bigger, more athletic teams uh, in the future. And then the big note today, we we found out that Jamia Hazel had game high 18 points. I mean, we knew she had a game high 18 points, but she was named the CAA freshman of the week uh picking up right where kiki jefferson and tucker left off last year who i think had like nine of the 12 freshmen of the weeks last year yeah yeah so i mean i don't know if you have much else to say other than that rob we'll, we'll find out tonight after what we expect to be a slightly better buffalo team and, and then certainly at virginia well, I, on Thursday. I, I just checked the score and it looks to be a much better buffalo team they're they're getting their doors blown off <laughs> Ooh, did not yeah, like that down 38 13 uh oh so i I don't know. I, I'm sure this will come across like being an apologist, but based on the college basketball I watched over the weekend, and this is not really mm -hmm. not specific to, to JMU or anything, this is just a crazy year. I mean, I don't know if you watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, my. It, it, it's like teams are picking up games with 24 hours notice. You know, Villanova agreed to play Virginia Tech after midnight on Friday, then lost to them on Saturday, and um, Virginia lost to St. Francis. Like. San Francisco. Think, San Francisco, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to get too excited about anything we've seen so far. This is not good. I'm not watching the game, obviously, while I'm here talking right. to you. 
There's right. no way to spin this like, oh, limited practice time or anything. Uh, this is unexpected. Who knows? Right. Maybe they'll have some sort of epic comeback. But this is certainly not the encouraging type of, of game we want to see. But I think we should expect to see a lot of crazy results this season. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I don't know. This is kind of shocking. And like I said, I'm not watching it, but it's just well, a longer I mean, season. And already, like, William & Mary shut down the program today for COVID for two weeks. They're losing four games. JMU men's team lost its game against Western Carolina. Bennington on the press conference today said, oh, no, he's going to try to schedule a game for Friday or Saturday. Like, <laughs> this is weird. This yeah, it's going to be weird. Really weird. And the two weeks seems extraordinary, but then you're like, no, well, why shouldn't they shut it down over an abundance of caution? It's mm-hmm. just basketball. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's unusual. I don't know what to expect. It's been fun. I've seen some good hoops played already. I've seen some not so good hoops, and I've seen some really surprising results, but I'm just ready to expect the unexpected this year. Um, yeah, it's uh, my sister in law was, was all excited on Thanksgiving about, um, Virginia maybe being back to, you know, top five level team. And and that was very exciting. And and they've kind of ha- been having a lot of fun joking around about uh, how they're still the champs because last year's yeah. tournament was canceled. Right. And then the very next day they go out and get their and get beat by San Francisco. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, Kansas has gotten made. made Richmond beat Kentucky. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's weird. So there's an opportunity to really take some scalps. If you're a mid-major team looking to do that, make some noise. But there's also some opportunities just to get caught kind of blindsided, not not prepared for a team, not even knowing you're playing a team 48 hours in advance. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they get together, get this together this afternoon and at least make a game of it. But, whoa, I did not expect that <laughs> at all. At no. all. That's, that's shocking. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens today. But um, women were 1-0. We'll see where they are today. Uh, on the men's side, opened up with a. I don't think there's anything to say. They won by 34 over Limestone, uh, Division Three glorified exhibition. Division two, two. Yeah, Division Two team um, glorified exhibition scored 89 points. That's really lovely, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, I, I mean, really, I have nothing to say on that one. Uh, the the disappointment and everybody immediately started throwing the baby out with the bathwater was they went out and lost to Norfolk State. Uh, 83-73 in a game that they led at halftime and, you know, gradually let slip away in the second half, um, which felt very familiar from um, the last 25 years of JMU men's hoops. Yeah, it seemed very on brand. It did. Um, however, I, I, you know, I, that Norfolk State team did go on to beat Radford just like JMU came back and beat Radford 67-59. Again, a game they came out hot, uh, took a big lead. Managed to cough it up, but in this case, actually hung on and, and won by eight sixty seven fifty nine um, in the finale of that little mini tournament. They next they don't play this week. They actually play next Monday uh, in a game that will be appealing for JMU fans uh, versus Old Dominion. They'll host Old Dominion if everything goes well health wise in the next week uh, at seven o'clock next Monday. As a lot of us, Rob, we we did see a lot of craziness. Um, the everyone's anger at flow reboiled over this week. I think yeah. we were a week ahead of that. Um, but I actually noticed a couple former now former JMU athletes, like getting frustrated on Twitter as they tried to sign up for flow and then not understanding there's a CAA link. And it's a little, shady. Uh, it's so crappy. They're so it's, it's shady, shady about it. Uh, it, it and really, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we don't have anything good to say about it, so we don't need to be dead horse, but 
it no, is no. really shady the fact that there's only this special portal it sounds like some people kind of got roped into signing up for a whole year because they thought they weren't yes. able to it's <sighs> i yeah, tweeted I, something last week i would rather pay more money directly to the schools and put it in their pockets this year than pay flow i just do not like that's i was not pleased i would happily year. pay five or ten dollars a game to sit down and watch to, when, uh, per game that I can actually, when I know I can sit down and watch it, I would happily pay $5 to watch the game in the way that I would buy a movie ticket or something, you know, right? I mean, this year and have it go straight to JMU or straight to William and Mary or whoever's producing that game. Um, yeah, this is really frustrating. For well, what's everybody. the value in this? Why couldn't the CA just produce it themselves and charge us? Like, I don't understand any of the logic behind flow supposedly they got some revenue which they then used to buy airtime on cbs mm-hmm. sports so mm-hmm. i guess the logic I, I i mean i don't mean to eh. the logic is that schools like drexel don't want to lift a finger you know don't think they're capable of, of doing this and they don't want to get yelled at for screwing it up for the rest of us so that's the problem with the caa that's a much bigger conversation than television but aren't i will they say themselves and then flow is just Streaming. Yeah, I know. And I guess it's the platform. Who knows? I don't know. Clearly someone sold them. <laughs> yeah, it's just a disaster. And this year, it really, I got to say, even for me the other day, um, re-engaging with it, uh, it's really frustrating this year when things are tight for so many people to be thinking about like, oh, here, I'm going to pay this twelve ninety nine a month to flow. Well, like if right? you're a William I mean, fan and you just bought right. a month and you've got two weeks of no games. No games, you're missing right. You're four games in that span. It's no. just, it's and, a I mean, I've cut deal. back. Yeah, and I just think about it this year, right? I mean, I, it's just me. I don't, it's anecdotal. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't mean to make it about me, but it's just, you know, like a lot of people, I've cut back my cable package. I've cut back my got rid of Sirius because I'm not driving to work. Yeah. You know, like a lot of these little things that are just, and this just feels like so ridiculous. Like I happily pay $9.99 a month to Apple for full music. You know what I mean? Like, but that's something I use every day. This I'm paying more than that for this nonsense. Anyway, yeah, well, enough of that. It, yeah. it just sucks. Um, the bad news on the Norfolk state loss was the Duke shot 36%. Uh, Matt Lewis had 27 points, uh, you know, tried to bail them out in that game, but they shot 36%. Then in the Radford game, they shot the lights out, particularly Vado Morse, um, the transfer from Mount St. Mary's. Um, hit a bunch of threes early. He has a unorthodox uh, um, yeah. yes, um, shooting motion. But, I mean, he had 26 points. Lewis had 18 and 10, uh, including 10 of those 18 points in the final, you know, eight minutes of the game. The one guy, I, the one other guy I was really, I mean, it looks like Morris is going to be a real, you know, f- help for them at the guard position. And it's certainly looking at Lewis scoring 27 in the Norfolk State game and 18, 18 in the other game. It's a big pressure off of him to not have to carry the, you know, bring the ball up the floor every time um, to, to not have to be a p- true point guard every time. So that's awesome. I was really impressed with Julian Wooden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just looks like, I mean, maybe I'm just the little bit I saw he just looks like a guy who can, who, who can is, I mean, he looks fully grown, right? He looks like an adult out there. And like Lewis, the two of them together look like they could really create problems for people. Um, as this goes along, I think wouldn't had 13 and seven in the, in the Radford win, which was, you know, in a game where they only scored 69, 67 points was, you know, those were big numbers for him. Morris Lewis and wooden basically scored all the points in that game. 
Yeah. Uh, I was glad to see them bounce back, Rob. I mean, last two years with Roe, whatever, it just seemed like the minute they lost a Norfolk State type game, that was a four game losing streak immediately. Right. So, yeah. So I'm glad to see them bounce back, um, beat Radford. Again, we don't know what that means for anybody. Uh, I don't think we know any more about this team today than we did last week before these first three games. Um, it's no. clear Lewis is still capable. He still right. might not be a guy who's going to shoot a very high percentage, but right. he got it done when it mattered yesterday. He also made 13 uh, out of 14 at the line. That's a line. Like that. yeah. like, it's true, true. His true shooting percentage was actually very good. It was yeah. like over 65%. You know, he was pretty efficient from three. He just had some bad breaks on going to the hoop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's reason to be encouraged that the freshman can play. You know, Strickland. In particular, the t- uh, yeah, Strickland looks like he might be a player too. Yeah, yeah. 10 sense. steals is, you know, again, it's limestone. So it's yeah. a record, but might be a little bit of an asterisk next to that. But just the fact that these guys look like they can be contributors. Um, we're still seeing a situation where I think for the next week, two weeks, three weeks, they're going to be learning on the fly. You know, they were shut down for, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So they didn't have a very long preseason. It's pretty much a brand new team in terms of guys playing together. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to need to figure it out. But I I don't know. I mean, they they don't – I don't think anybody's saying after this weekend, oh, they're going to contend for the CAA. But they look like if well coached, there's at least a core around there that can gel and play competitive basketball. And then after that, it's – I mean, you hate to say it, but it's a matter of staying healthy and being able to keep playing. You know, this this – when I first heard that the minimum was what twelve games or thirteen games, I was like, "Well, that yeah, doesn't yeah. seem like very many." And then today, I started counting on William Mary's schedule. I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, if you if you have a particularly packed portion of your schedule, and you get out for two weeks, you can lose four or six games. Um, yeah. And then if another team does it, you know, Jamie's had a couple games canceled through no fault of their own, but all it takes is maybe one or two tests on your own team, and then one or two opponents, and you lose one of those weekend swing series. And this is just it's and if you can get through if you can get through this next week post Thanksgiving with a healthy team intact, you could probably fill that schedule pretty like you have a real good chance between now and late January when no students are at most of these campuses. Yeah. I, I think you have a much better chance of keeping your team um you know on safe. the floor. Yeah. Safe and on the floor and, and and hopefully, you know, putting some it doesn't it wins and losses aren't you and and I think we said this coming into the season. Buying its first year, you know, look, the record is the record, but wins and losses are not everything this year. Um Absolutely. nobody in this and and we know the only team from the CAA going to Mar- March or May or whatever madness there is, if there is one this year, is the team that wins a tournament. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. If you get a four seed in the tournament, that's great for me. <laughs> like I don't, I you know, the rest of it doesn't matter. If you get a seven seed and you're playing your best you have all year. That's fantastic. So I'm I at, just want to yeah. see improvement. I just want to Me see too. this team playing with enough an, uh, enough kind of energy and excitement and talent and hopefully results that we're optimistic about next year. I'm not that concerned about the results this year. And you summed it up perfectly. You know, it's just, yeah. it, it's an odd year to begin with, but even if it wasn't, it was perfectly normal with a new coach and basically a full roster turnover. Let's just see where we go. So, so saw some things to like uh, that to be happy about over the weekend, and saw obviously a result that could be cause for grave concern. But I don't think it's time to get too excited or too low about any of this stuff. It's just we're, mm-hmm. we're just playing out the string for a little bit. Yeah, and as we said, this is a group that didn't 
I mean, they didn't play together in the spring, right? I mean, they've got a bunch of transfers on the roster. They weren't even together no, in the spring. I thought Mensa looked like he was, you or know, still trying to find his yeah. yeah, trying to find his way a little bit. But at the same time, when we get into CAA play, you know, he's a big body to throw at people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just, none of this, you know, they both teams have had people miss games for COVID already. So let's just roll the balls out, see how it goes, and don't shoot 36%. I mean, it's college, ba- yeah. the, the oldest cliche in basketball, right? You got to make shots. Just, right? I mean, that's all there is. You can't shoot 36%. And, no. Oh. You know, so I, I, whatever, yeah, just keep it going. Uh, we're, as we move on from hoops, the next game is ODU, I guess we should say. And that, all right, we did say, but that will be a fun one. Uh, next Monday. Hopefully that game takes place at 7 p.m. next Monday. And we'll have played William Mary, so we'll need to keep an eye on that. Hopefully that yeah. they, they got out of there without anybody getting infected. Yeah. And so, it sounds like there might be a, a late-breaking schedule announcement, if possible, to play a game this weekend before this that. This week. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, the, the more the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple of really fun uh, football-related items this weekend out of mostly the NFL, some other places as well. Uh, just real quick, Rob, the only two – I enjoyed some of the NFL Dukes this week. Uh, Raven Green made quite a few plays last – was it last night? Yeah, last night. Um, tuned in. He, he literally ripped the ball out of out of Allen Robinson's hands to save a touchdown mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the game for the Packers. And Jimmy was really, really impactful um, at the real key part of the game – on Thanksgiving for Washington uh, in their win over Dallas. So both those guys played great. I really enjoyed when Raven Green made that uh, play last night. Dean Marlowe tweeted out JMU or JMDBU. Um, So another guy played for Buffalo. I I saw him on a highlight package at one point, but don't, you know, didn't, didn't watch the bills game this week. Uh, But that was exciting. So we, and then last week, last what Monday night, Stinney got in. Yeah, after we had finished the podcast, uh, Aaron Stinney got in the game for Tampa for a few plays. So that <laughs> really big congrats to him. I mean, it's incredible these guys making their debuts in the league. Um, and then uh, on the f- another even more ridiculous note, Rob, I'm going to let you explain. Um, <laughs> there well, was almost another JMU d- debut this weekend that I didn't know about, and Rob explained to me before this. So Yeah, Justin Riscotti almost got the call. Riscotti is a – quality control assistant for the Denver Broncos. And I'm sure people have heard about this, but Denver's all Denver's quarterbacks were marked, not ineligible, but uh, exposed COVID. Exposed COVID. Um, The coach was very mad. Apparently they weren't wearing their masks and kind of let the team down, blah, 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 blah. They had to have a guy off the practice squad who hadn't thrown a ball um, ever in practice, had never taken a snap with the team, hadn't played quarterback since college. At Wake Forest, and I think he only played as like freshman and sophomore. I mean, it was yeah, just and a, became a receiver. Yeah, became a receiver. It was just kind of a, a disastrous set of circumstances. Um, but they they tried the Broncos made a request to the NFL to see if they could suit Riscotti up, <laughs> which might I, might have turned into being my favorite thing of this NFL season. However long it's going to last, yeah. And it was Riscotti, another quality control assistant who had played quarterback in college and the Broncos were thinking like, okay, these guys have a better chance. Uh, they know the offense at least than this practice squad guy. They pulled it. The NFL didn't allow it, which is probably the right call. You, you don't need yeah, trying to think. Yeah. I was trying to do the math on how old Riscotti is. Right? Riscotti so he, he was 23 30s. in 2000. 
four. Yeah. So probably 37, 38 at uh, maybe even 39. Yeah. And I can't imagine he's put the pads on. No, no, he's probably fit. I mean, I don't, you know, a lot of those guys, I I assume if the Broncos were making the request, they obviously thought that one or two of those guys were fit. Yeah. Uh, You know, or at least just knew the offense and what to do. Um, I don't know. And I forget the guy's name who had to play. I I guess some some people are dunking on him. I I thought it was pretty awesome. He was in almost a no-win situation. And to go out there, I thought it was terrific too for all these armchair quarterbacks who are like, you know, if you gave me time, I, I could go one for two. I could complete one out of five passes. He went one for nine. One for nine. Interception. Two picks. Um, yeah. It is what? hard. It, it's, it's kind of neat to show just how hard that game is to play, and particularly quarterback. Because, like, he didn't make terrible throws. They were, you know, a foot and a half off. And that's all it takes for it to be an awful throw by NFL standards. Like that one he threw on the sidelines um, that was almost picked. Everybody's like, that's a terrible throw. It was a difference of maybe 18 inches. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's an insane game. I thought it was cool. The guy went out there, had his moment. Um, you know, it wasn't the Ben DiNucci thing, but DiNucci's situation was not that far away from that. And I just. No, not at all. You know, and I want to. Well, and it also. Talking about, yeah. oh, DiNucci looked, you know, people, oh, he's terrible. He didn't do his job. DiNucci was put in a very difficult situation. Not as difficult as one that Riscotti might have been in yesterday. Um, I don't know. It just, I, I thought it was a crazy situation. It would have been maybe the greatest day in JMU Twitter history had Riscotti gotten gotten the call from a thirty seven year old rookie, and yeah. God only knows if he had done something good, I uh-huh. mean, it, it would have been Jamie people calling for the Disney movies, right? Well, and for me, I mean, I know the league and the general football watching public won't care, right? But this this Hinton kid for the Broncos playing was a reminder of like, yeah, Danucci was not great. Denise was pretty bad by like NFL quarterback standards, but he was like 15 out of 30 in that game or something like like 15 out of 29. I mean, in a weird, in a very similar situation in terms of learning the offense, being around doing that kind of stuff. But there's a big difference between one for nine with two picks. Like, you know, (laughs) Denise's not a bum, you know, like, no, that's a big difference between a drafted quarterback who's um, not to throw shade on your favorite team, but the big knock against Haskins is he doesn't spend enough time behind the scenes. And by all accounts, he spent a lot more this year than last year. I think it's hard for the general public. And even some guys who are given the opportunity to understand how much work you need to put in to be even an adequate NFL quarterback. Yes. You know, if you get yeah. the benefit of a full preseason, a full week of practice, and Hinton had none of that. Hinton didn't find out he was even going to be activated, let alone be playing quarterback until 24 hours before. That was just, I mean, the fact that he completed even one pass and didn't get his head torn off is amazing. But Danucci was in a very difficult spot. He, he got, what, in today's NFL, maybe two days of reps with the first team. Correct. He, he didn't get the same sort of film work that he, I mean, I'm sure he can watch film, but he's watching film on his own, probably learning how to watch film in an NFL type environment. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's funny that everybody can be so critical and I'm critical too of people like, Oh my gosh, I missed that pass. It just shows you how difficult it is to succeed at that position. Even if you're an elite athlete and people can laugh and pick nits and say, Oh, we're talking about Danucci and Hinton. They're just two guys. No, they're elite athletes in terms of <laughs> humankind. Yes, yes. It's just, it's a tough situation. So I was really thrilled. I, I, I got ahead of myself and I was like, this is so great. They're going to pull some sort of situation like Daquan Scott. It's going to be this great story and the guy's going to have this great. It didn't work out, but 
it's no less admirable in my mind what the guy did. I just I, I wish Riscotti could have been in there. Just yeah, it's hard because I, I I do wonder. You have to wonder. The problem for the Broncos this week was it all happened so fast. Yeah, you know the Cowboys obviously tried to come up with every trick in the book and wildcat schemes and like design. They had a week to kind of design for that game. Um, the Broncos, you know, the Broncos didn't even have that. Cause I, I feel a hundred percent, like you said about Daquan Scott, I think they would have been better off just putting the running back back there and leaving Lindsay back there. the whole game. Yeah. Leave Lindsay back there and let him run. I mean, l- run the wildcat the whole game. Then they would have been sticking this kid out there to do, nothing essentially you know to be a negative almost and that's not a knock on him i just but they weren't they didn't even have the time to prepare those plays so in the covid year there's going to be lots of other crazy things um one positive that came out of this weekend came out of the college side right rob absolutely the crazy covid year of people getting unexpected chances um so that that was our our favorite thing on saturday right was getting to watch Sarah sarah fuller kick off for vanderbilt um you know uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I wish she would have got a chance to kick a field goal or an extra point. You know, they were so bad. Yeah, there it was tough. I, I was happy she got a chance to suit up. Um, I think it was cool. Shot in the arm for a Vanderbilt program that really needed one. It's since it's fired their coach, and that is just a, a rough, rough program. It's also just great for women's sports and women mm-hmm. in general to get mm-hmm. out there. And I can't understand these people that seem to legitimately be like bummed out by this or or seek to find the negative. If there's ever a year or a time when we need positives and just things to be excited about, right. It's now. And so to see a a young woman step up similar situation where she didn't know, like the story goes, they won the sec championship in soccer last weekend. Uh She was packing up to go home. Uh, Vanderbilt got hit. Their position, their skill players got hit, or not skill players, their specialists got hit with COVID situation. They didn't have anybody they could kick, nobody on the roster. There's nobody in the team. They needed to find somebody who had been through the SEC protocols and was eligible to play in COVID. So yes. You, you call the women's soccer team. They don't have a men's soccer team. Who had just completed just their completed SEC, SEC championship, championship on Sunday. On six days before. Yes. So right. imagine like this was somebody who was hanging around like the offices begging to play. And this wasn't, you know, like a gimmick, like, let me get in there. I can do it. This was somebody who stepped up for her school, for her community. They called her assistant coach and asked, and he called her and she's like, absolutely. I'll do it. She jumped at the opportunity. She went in there. Um, It's it's just an amazing story. And people are like, Oh, that kick was pathetic. Well, it was a squib kick. If you know anything about football, she executed the play. She was asked to execute. She did it very well. Uh, yes. They didn't ask her. I thought it was really cool. Mason said that one of the reasons they asked her to do a squib kick is because she's a goalie. And if you know anything about soccer, watch soccer. They don't follow through on those goal kicks. It's almost like a really powerful like chip shot. Is that the best yes. way? To, and they thought that they didn't want to mess with her mechanics and run the, the chance of having have something mistake go out of bounds or anything like that. Right. So they played to her strengths and she did it. She executed it perfectly, dropped it right in there. It stayed in bounds. The team recovered. I thought it was cool. Like you, I, I was hoping that she'd at least get a chance to kick an extra point, but mm-hmm. Vandy's going to Vandy and that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So I don't know. It, just, it, it, it was cool for me. Put a smile on my face. My kids were excited about it. We were following all day. I never would have paid attention to Vandy game otherwise. And I'm continually amazed slash disappointed that there's so many people out there that just go, go negative and are, uh-huh. are calling this a gimmick or, saying it was just a desperate move by Mason to, to you know create publicity and and people who even bagged on her for anything. It's 
No. It's crazy. I mean, like, if I got that call in college, I'll tell you right now, I don't answer that. I said, hell no. Thank you very much. I don't have the guts to do that. She she apparently didn't hesitate at all and said she was less nervous and that more confident to <laughs> walk in this new situation than she was playing soccer. So I just thought it was a really cool story. Um, and again, people... People have yeah. problems if, if they don't enjoy this <laughs> and they're going to knock her. It's really bad. No, I know. And the, uh, just to wrap it up on the play itself, by the way, if you have a weak kicker who kicks it to, uh, and I don't mean weak in a, you know, whatever standpoint, but someone who doesn't have a huge leg, right? And you kick the ball to the 10, chances are it's going to get run out to the 35. Yeah. So their point was like, not, we're not going to like, you know, do this sideline kick to the 30. For no reason, we're doing it because that's actually a safer play for us than kicking it. Like she could probably kick it to the ten, but they don't want to. You know, like I just oh, the whole thing bothered me with that crowd. Um, especially when I did. It reminded me. I remember watching this when I was in college, but I remember the girl that um, Katie Nida that kicked for New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think actually had started at Colorado and transferred to New Mexico. Uh, yeah. And then there's an, I, there's another woman, April Goss that had kicked for Kent state at one point. So neither of those were at the power five, which is why this became a weird, you know, weirdly maybe bigger story than it actually even should have been this weekend. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it was cool that the two of them were like super supportive and they did kind of a zoom conference call for the whole game, like open to the media to ask them questions and stuff. Like they were obviously very supportive of Miss um, Fuller this weekend. So I just, yeah, we both enjoyed it. It was fun to watch it, like you said, for kids to be able to watch it and see it. It's pretty fun. And it continues to make me wonder. We talked about this at my own dinner table at home. Um, this is going to happen at some point in the kicking game. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, we saw the film of Carly Lloyd this year making pretty deep field goals. Pat McAfee um, was talking today about – This is a skill that is out. not – yeah, this is a skill that is not entirely strength dependent. Um, you know, we've seen other, I mean, I don't mean to make this uncomfortable, but we've seen other cultural breakthroughs in the NFL come at this position. Yeah. And there's no reason to think that eventually, like you said, you're essentially hitting a long chip shot. You know, I mean, I, I know that we can, we can talk to Cam Stark or somebody and they can give us the lowdown on the mechanics of all this, but there's, really no like physical reason holding people back other than there aren't sheer numbers of people trying to do this. Right. But sooner or later, we're going to have a female kicker, you know, football coaches, they'll put in anybody who can who yeah, give them a better chance. Right. It's just, it's very, it's a harder thing to do than people realize. Everybody's like, it's oh, very you know, difficult. It's, it's just not difficult. strength. It's not raw strength dependent necessarily. No, right? I mean, freaks. I mean, there are certain people like Carly Lloyd, you know, yeah. you can say like, oh, she's one in a million. Well, so are every one of the 32 guys in the NFL kicking a day. You know? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the point. Um, yes. So there is no reason to think that you can't find an elite woman who could do this at a high level, just like you find 32 elite men who do this. College kickers, the thing, like even guys who get scholarships can look very, very mortal. <laughs> College kickers is Pretty the much thing, yeah. every Saturday. Um, yeah. Punting and kicking. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was cool. I was really, really happy for her, and it was, you know, a neat little thing to watch on a Saturday afternoon. Yes. 
So that brings us, I think we've done a pretty good job of sticking to time here. Yeah, we did. That's pretty good. Um, One very brief overtime question. We got a lot. I actually tweeted out. We got a lot of really good suggestions. There are things that I would love to do. I would just not like to rush them. And we were kind of due to scheduling. We're trying to push this one out. So we got some great ones we can take a look at. We can maybe do them next week or the week after. Cool. We didn't even yeah. have an OT podcast for all that. Yeah, because I know we wanted some, they want us to do the all CAA team at some point. Yeah. And I know you and I probably want to do favorite 2020 stuff um, yeah. at some point this month. So, yeah. And there's just so. some good off the wall ones. Worst old yeah. man moments. Yeah. <laughs> drinking games. Worst oh. misheard lyrics that you can't believe are true. There's some really good ones. <laughs> we should take a look at that and put, put some real thought into it for good. next week. Yeah. So what about this week, Rob? Well, this is pretty simple. This is not going to be the overrated, underrated sort of thing, but in a very similar kind of quick twitch, what's your what's your lightning reaction? Um, alcohol seltzers. What do you think? Like them, dislike them, overhyped, underhyped? Uh, overhyped, but live and let live. <laughs> I I don't know. I get a little more, I, I, I'm, I you know, I oddly get more annoyed with pumpkin beer than I do with seltzers. Uh, I do think, I don't know. For me, I'm just, maybe we'll be, this is what we'll, this will be another old man thing for us, Rob, that we were raised in a beer era. We're, we're the last of the beer era college guys, right? I don't yeah. know, college students. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I guess I don't really care if people, what, I mean, I'm sure we're all going to find out they cause cancer someday, just like everything else. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of just, amazed by it and i'm amazed that everybody comes out with different ones and people appear to have a preference um, I, I gotta say if they come out with this topo chico one yeah someday, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm, gonna... I'm, like, I'm, I'm like you i don't really care i'm fine with them i've had them before i've never bought them myself i've had them like at cookouts or something. i've only had one so yeah i've had a couple people have, I, i've had one that was absolutely wretched and then but, we did the natterdays taste which is not a seltzer but might yeah. as well be. Yes, um, yeah. I'm trying very much to be a little bit more live and let live, as you say, particularly when, when it comes to drinks, um, with the exception of pumpkin beer. I, I truly do hate pumpkin beer. That is not shtick. I just think it's disgusting. Right. It's over the top and I, it's too much. Well, of it. it is. Yeah. yeah. Seltzer, I don't care. If you gave me one, if I went to your house and you gave me one, I'm certainly not going to be offended. I'd like to think I won't be offended if you gave me anything nowadays. A couple years ago, I was very bad. <laughs> annoying right. beer beer nerd the type of people that make you hate beer drinkers yeah you got you gave me a miller I, I was like i'm not drinking that uh you know i right. turned down and somebody got me a bud light i don't care drink what you like um mm-hmm. i wouldn't go out of my way to buy seltzer i think it's fine if people drink it it's certainly better than like zima or what was that what was the ice the ice oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah all ice. that stuff yeah i just can't believe how fast it's growing the fact that everybody has them now there's 6 million different cans or 6 million different brands. You know, you've got Corona does it, Bud Light does it. You know, you've got Truly and all that. I don't know. It's just take it or leave it. I don't, I don't really care. Drink it if you like it, but I'm not going to be going to the store to buy it. That's for sure. Well, what I haven't figured out yet, and, and somebody will correct me on this, but there seems to be, right, there's a, it is lower. It's like a traditional domestic light beer in terms of alcohol by volume. I think it's a little bit. Right. I, think, I think it's like a maybe a little more, but like it's five percent. It's not a seven or eight percent IPA no. or something. No. Is what I'm saying. So there is this like lighter ABV combined with, you know, allegedly lower calorie, um, and we've seen kind of a. I, I don't know. For me, it's like I don't. Know. <laughs> I guess it just depends on your plans, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd just, you know, if it comes out, I'd just get a vodka soda, which is pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, that's that's where I come out. Um, and I, I guess it's probably only natural with all the flavored water waters well that it's good to become a thing so no, it's easy who knows and i do think it's a backlash I, I think there has to be a little bit of a backlash to beer had moved so much in the direction of people who really love beer yeah right and so you're like casual drinker who doesn't care for big heavy beers is like uh well what am i you know <laughs> at some point there has to be something there for them too something and for everybody that that seems yeah. to be the pushback i don't know whatever do what you want to do i will say i I've had like the regular flavors people hand me raspberry it or lime. So artificial is it the, yeah. like the only one that I really didn't like, and I do have an opinion on. And uh-huh. this was a seltzer drinker gave it to me because she didn't want it in her house. It was so bad. Uh, it was like a pina colada. It ooh. was disgusting. That would be so me because I normally oh. like the coconut. Oh, I, I love that yeah. too. But this was just not not natural tasting it got thrown no. out also like, quick collectively it was with my wife and another couple and none of us could drink it it was bad the other ones yeah whatever take it or leave it yeah i was at a golf thing where there was like these smirnoff ones mm-hmm. that are like I, I don't know what they are but they're similar they're not liquor right they're the seltzer and yeah. uh, i don't know not not for me <laughs> but i got no I mean, enjoy it you know, yeah, I'm not going to judge <laughs> you if you like it. No, no, no. And of course, this is also because you and I, like at this point in our lives, were like, give me that one 8% IPA. Yeah. Like if that's the one I'm going to have with the neighbor on Saturday, that's what I want. Yeah. Where maybe in, you know, 19 year old me, if who I'm looking wants to, have to continuously, right. I'm looking to have many, many of these things. Like that's not going to do well. So I don't know, no. whatever. Yes. I, I actually like going and buying two or three beers, not even buying like a six pack now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Two or three of those like, like big IPAs, drink them over a couple hours and then just go yeah. to bed. That, that's a good. My friend, I, I have a friend who's a beer and wine distributor, you know, rep person. And they were saying that like the, that single, the large singles, Mm-hmm. They're like the worst price wise for the consumer oh, and the terrible. best for the brewer. Yeah. You know, that sort of 16 to 24 ounce window. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's the worst financially for us, the consumer, but it's great for them. But that's sometimes all that I want, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it seems to have its purpose. Uh, no, so. it's great. I, and I know it's a bad deal. Just like buying bombers is a bad deal or growlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Growl- yeah. Growlers, when Whole Foods first started doing growlers, they priced them, you know, equivalent of like a six pack. So you're like, yeah, whatever. It's a little bit less, but you're fine. Now growlers will cost you 25, 30 bucks at some breweries. There's, yeah, yeah. It's, just, oh. it, it's like indefensible for something that <laughs> you pretty much need to have friends over to split it with. And at that yeah. point, I guess you're kind of comparing it to buying around at a bar. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not, not an economically desirable situation. No. Well, I loved this, Rob. It's great talking again. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have, we hope we'll have quite a few more hoops things by this time next week. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly looking forward. Monday. Hopefully we'll be talking about an epic comeback for the ages against Buffalo in the second half. Uh-huh. But- yeah. Well, and, and speaking of Katie Harper, I, um, hopefully they leave Wentz in there tonight and don't play hurts too much <laughs> <laughs> uh, as your and my terrible teams are now, um, <laughs> are now in first place. Well, my terrible, my terrible team, I think it's actually not so terrible. In terms I know. Of I might, it might not be either, yeah. yours, yours too. There's some talent there. Yeah. Jones is hurt though. Jones hurt a hamstring. I know. Um, 
And like James and I were talking, we both said, shut them down. Shut them down against Seattle. It ain't worth it to try to chase. I love the idea of winning the division, but to win the division at 6-10 and 10 and be rewarded with like the 19th pick versus finishing 5-11 and 11 and getting a top 10 pick. Uh, I heard Jamie arguing this for the Washington team today, which was like six and 10 out of the playoffs would be like a step in the right direction for the franchise. Yeah. Six and 10 making the playoffs could, could be, It'd be a setback. Could actually be the worst possible. Particularly scenario, right? for Washington because Snyder will just see playoffs. He will not right, see right. six and 10 and he will think, Oh yeah, I'm back. Let me get involved again. This yeah, have yeah. To think we're in the right direction. I'm slightly oh. more optimistic about, the Giants. I'm really excited about Judge. I think he's, I think he's the right guy for the job. And I'm starting to get very excited about Jones. Not that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes or mm-hmm. even you know Justin Herbert's type potential, but I think he could be. I mean, the most obvious example is an Eli Manning type, just solid guy, who you can run out there week in and week out and give you a chance to compete. He's not going to blow you away with great stats, but he just looks to be a very serviceable quarterback and. You, you, there's one way to win is with a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady, but you can also win Super Bowls as we've seen with Eli Manning or with yep. you know, or, you know, you right. can get it done if you put the pieces around somebody. So, yeah. Uh, well, I will be looking forward to December first tomorrow, the last month of this <laughs> this awful year, <laughs> forsaken year. Yes, yeah so, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Um, Rob, I look forward to talking to you next week after hopefully some Duke's uh, hardwood. Victories. Some success. A nice win against ODU would be a nice way to start, oh, that would start be fun. December. So. Yeah. We'll be what we'll be coming right off of that next week. So I'm sure we'll be either ecstatic about the men's program progress or, you know, ready to fire everyone already. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Those are our extremes. We try to stay in the middle, but we usually go to one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Oh, thanks, Rob. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good one. Go Dukes. Here's two easy side lights and finding your own.